Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi everybody, welcome to the Smackdown Podcast. Oh, hi Tempest. Oh, hi there, tar- tallest man I've ever met, Dave. It's the Smackdown Podcast. No Sat E. Nyangi this week, of course. He is off doing Sat E. Nyangi things because it's Sat E. Day and it's Sat E. Time. So we have the wonderful Dave Bradshaw, the voice of British wrestling, here to replace him. Thank you very much for taking I'm the so time, I'm so sorry Dave. anyone who tuned in wanting Sat. You must be awfully disappointed. But well, you're not Sat. No. no one else can be. There's there, only one There of is him. only one. It does yeah. mean that I don't have to wear black on this fine Saturday, however, because Leafs doesn't matter matter how much The Rock wants to say that the Leafs suck. It's nothing I haven't heard before. See, we were just talking about this before we came on air, and you were saying, so it's game three of the playoffs about to yes. be soon, and you wore this before game one. Yes. And they lost. Yes. You didn't wear it before game two, and they won. Yes. So I think you've made a risky move. I think so, but I need to prove to myself that it's not me. Mm-hmm. And honestly, there's no guarantee that I'm going to get another chance to wear this on a podcast while the playoffs are on. So I had to take my bets. That being said, are the Usos about to win their goddamn belts back? <laughs> we have to discuss. This is the SmackDown podcast here on the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. Give this video a thumbs up. Subscribe if you haven't already. Make sure you comment down below whether you think the Usos are about to win their belts back. We'll get through all of them. No, we won't because this is... Not live, but might respond to a few of them. I've got a long day ahead of me. Let us know in the comments below. So, there was a lot of wrestling on this show, Dave. Which is good. This is good. It's a this wrestling is good. show. This is a wrestling show. Yeah. I like wrestling on my wrestling show. This was a very wrestling-heavy show. There was not a lot of promos, not a lot of backstage segments, but one of the promos that we got on this show was to hype up the main event. The Usos come out, and they say... A bunch of stuff. They're just like, oh, everybody's asking the Usos, oh, are you upset? Are you mad or whatever? No, we're going to get our belts back. We're going to go into the draft next week, and we're going to win our titles back in the rematch of the main event of WrestleMania, and then we're going to go into Backlash and a six-man tag against Riddle and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, and we're going to beat them, and we're going to do it all for Roman Reigns because we're the ones and all that. Yeah. So that's, that's their bit. And this then leads into the main event of the show, that being Solo Sokoa versus Riddle in a no disqualification match. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens were not here for this show, which means Riddle was kind of out of luck because, yeah. man, I don't know why the Usos weren't just out there helping from the get-go because they kind of waited their turn. And that's very kind of them because they had a match and it was fine. I didn't feel like the crowd was terribly into this main event outside of chanting for tables. And they sort of got what they wanted in the end, sort of, Mm. because this match goes on. The Usos end up coming out. They did a really good spot where Riddle went to get the table and everyone cheered. And then Solo put the table back under the ring and they booed, which is very simple psychology. Babyface gives you what they want and the heel takes it away. Very, very simple Worked stuff. Worked for me. Worked for me. Yeah. Simple stuff. However, I would have liked for that to build to a spot where the babyface actually gets the table and puts the heel through it, but we didn't get that. Instead, what we got were the Usos double teaming Riddle. 
and they go to the outside, and Riddle hits like his acai corkscrew moonsault thing, and then he gets back in the ring, and Solo Sokoa hits a running spike, and that's the end of the match. There were yeah, kendo awkward, sticks, awkward finish, little by the bit way, because like. They didn't know if it was a spike or a clothesline. Yeah, Michael line. Cole thought it was a clothesline. Yeah. And it was a free count and yeah. whatever. Yeah. So not not the best finish, but there were sticks and chairs or whatever. I feel like at one point, I'm sure it wasn't, I'm sure this was planned, but it looked like Solisakoa saved Riddle's life at one point because Riddle goes up to hit the floating bro in the corner and he's mm -hmm. like kind of covered Solo with chairs. And there was just one chair that was open on the ground with the legs just sticking straight up. Like, Four big spikes. Yeah, to waiting to yeah. impale Matt yeah. Riddle. And Matt Riddle just, he goes up, and so I just kind of like looks around, grabs that chair, throws it out of the way, and gets out of the ring. So I'm sure the plan was for him to get out of the ring and avoid the spot and everything, but I was just like, oh, it's a good thing you did, because mm -hmm. that could have been fatal. But after the match, Riddle gets put through the table with a 1D from the Usos, and they pose, and I swear to God, this is like picture perfect. Same as last week. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. I mean, we, we we were saying as well. It's a, it's a we're in a total holding pattern yes. now. Like we're we're just waiting for the draft, and then we're waiting for backlash, and we're waiting for anything to really happen. And it felt very much like that throughout the show. Yes. It, it felt like it was like, oh, here's two hours of wrestling. No, nothing's really going to get advanced here no. or forwarded. It's just hopefully it's a relatively entertaining two hour show, and it was. Yeah. Um. Just not very newsworthy. That, that's the thing to me, because I feel like we get flack anytime we make this point about SmackDown. And Lord knows it was it was this way a lot more back in the other Vince days, you know, where it was just the same show every single week. And I talked about how it was a rerun. But if you just watch this episode isolated, yeah, like if this episode in a vacuum was perfectly fine, like it's fine. I didn't hate watching it as it was on. It was, mm -hmm. you know, totally adequate. There was a good Walter match that I really enjoyed. There was some other stuff. That, yeah, yeah. There was some other stuff on here. But if you're watching this as another episode in a weekly episodic program, it's not not very good in that sense. It's a filler episode at best. Yeah, if this was part of like a yeah, 12, 12 episode season of you know, a drama show. Yeah. You'd be like, well, that was the worst episode ever because nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah, essentially. Exactly. So is what it is. We'll get into more of that as we get into this. But of course, I must bring us back to the uh, the title of this this podcast here. Are the Usos about to win their belts back? You know, I really hope they're not. And the reason is I'm worried about you, Tempest. Yeah? <laughs> because... I came into the office like two days after WrestleMania, Tuesday, so right after the Raw where Vince had been back and all yeah. of that. And you were the most inconsolable I think I've ever seen you. Uh, more so about. than when the ass boys won the titles? Oh, more so. Wow. I mean, you you were you weren't the most inconsolable in the office because Pete was there, but you were it was a, it was a rough day. It was bad. Uh, it, had a rough week. And I worry that if if this happens next Friday, then I might get the same tempest again. Because I feel like you've you've chirped up a little bit. Sure. You know we've had the nice studio move. We're, yeah. We're, you know it's it's been an optimistic couple of weeks, and and I worry that a tag team title change at this point could could knock you off course. So I am I am concerned. I'm concerned as well because we we'll get into the match in a little while. But there was reason on this show to believe that maybe heel champions might be on the horizon. Yeah. Because of course Ricochet and Braun Strowman beat the Viking Raiders on this show. Whoa, whoa that's not their name. Their name is Jacked, Tan, and Juicy. That's what Braun, Braun calls them, apparently. That's awful. I wasn't aware of that. Yep. Okay. They beat the Viking Which Raiders. Which I think is a good description of the two of us. Yeah? Yeah. 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 Which of us is Tan? I think we're, I think we're both all three of those things. Okay. Fair enough. Ex actually, except Tan. There's loads of juice. So much yeah, juice. Yeah, you're Canadian and I'm... Very English white. I, yeah, white. I'm pasty yeah. white. Yeah. But they beat the Viking Raiders. They did. Which would, in my mind, set them up as the contenders for the tag team titles, right? Yeah. Now, they could yeah. do a, a double babyface match. But I don't think they are. Don't think, I don't know if they are. They could. They totally could. This is not... <sighs> I'm tired, Dave. I mean, look, I think 
we all are aware that by night of champions in Saudi Arabia, uh, it's very likely that the tag team titles will have to be on the line there because the gimmick is normally that all the titles are on the line. So the titles have to change between now and May 27th. They no, they don't. They, do they don't have to. have to because they want they want to do it. They don't they, have to. They could temporarily change and then switch them back, I but they're going to have to change because they're not going to not have the tag titles on Night of Champions. Why not? They've done it before. Well, I'm sure. The, it, at uh, some point, the whole game. I'm sure there's been a be. night of. I'm sure there's been a night of champions where they didn't do the. It's not night the of, tag titles. It's not night of some champions, is it? Night of champions. Why couldn't it be Clash of Champions? Because that's a different thing. Is it? They. It's one word off. Yeah. Regardless, anyway. okay, the bigger the bigger point of this is, um, and the bigger rant will be saved for if they decide to do this next week at the WWE draft. I'm coming nowhere near this podcast next week. No, I would imagine yeah. not. But if they do, if they do, I'm just going to lose it. I'm going to lose it because not only are we stuck in a holding pattern because we're waiting for the WWE draft. Not only are we stuck in a holding pattern because Roman Reigns is still the top champion and he's nowhere to be found at the moment, but if we revert back to how things were with the Usos just beating every team on the roster, oh, Dave. I, I am quite surprised that they're going to do it this soon. As I say, I think it's almost locked in that it's going to happen by, by the end of May because of Night of Champions, but there isn't necessarily a reason why it has to happen at the end of April, like a month early. But that does, and I, I actually was thinking until last night that maybe they're not doing it, maybe this is a tease and mm -hmm. they're not and they're gonna, but yeah, the Braun and Ricochet thing, now that they're being set up as the next guys, mm -hmm. it just makes me think that we're going there early and there's a WrestleMania rematch next week. It just all points in that direction, doesn't it? I, yeah, but still stupid. Oh. I mean, would you be upset if, if hypothetically, they switched the titles to the Usos right before uh, Night of Champions, a week or two before, had them defend, and then somehow got them back onto Kevin and Sammy, like just to get past the Saudi problem? Yes, I would still be upset because that's a yeah. really stupid way to book your 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 titles around. A lot of money. I don't care. Fifty million. Sure. For a show. Listen, like we've gone over the Saudi Arabia thing. Yeah. So many times. It's been years. They've been doing this for five years now. Yeah, I get it. I get that this is how WWE's business is going to go. That doesn't mean that it is a good way to book your titles, especially with a storyline like this. Like if it was just like the like if if the the US belt was on somebody and it didn't matter, like, you know. And it mm -hmm. was totally irrelevant to this whole bloodline story that's been going on for over a year in the case of Sami Zayn and multiple years in the case of everybody else. If it was just like a random belt and it didn't really matter who was the champion, yeah, sure. To take the title off of someone who's not going to go to Saudi Arabia and put it back on them two weeks later. I don't care that much in that case. But this is pretty specific. Where mm -hmm. you did kind of build to like a main event of WrestleMania level moment. And to just kind of like revert back to the old way. It depends how they do it. As it well. depends, but I. There is a way of getting the belts on the Usos that advances the story. I'm, I can't think what it is. Yeah. <laughs> there must be a way. I'd love to hear it. Like, I could come away from this line. thinking it was great. You because know, that there's always that possibility, but it's not my first instinct right now. But you know what it adds? What's that? Adversity. Hot dog. My least favorite word right now. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens next week because I'll be here. I'll be here, rain or shine. Talk about SmackDown. I can't Sat's wait. Is that back next week? Nope. There's no? going to be another fill-in. Oh. Probably not going to Who's going to want you. that job? Might be Pete. Yeah, we'll send Pete. Yeah. Pete Pete and I. That'll be the happiest podcast of oh, all the time. Oh, I can't wait. What yeah. a rant we'll have for you. Oh, my <laughs> God. A real corker. Cool fact. 
A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But in the meantime, we're going to get into the rest of SmackDown, the rest of our review. Let's get to it. Because this show opened with some wrestling. That's a thumbs up. I yep. like that. Always good when SmackDown opens with a match. And it was a good little match because it was Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar, the LWO, against Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Now, a few things. First of all, this is rerun, blah, blah, blah. I feel like I've seen Damian Priest pin Santos Escobar with the South of Heaven a hundred yes. times, even though it's probably only like two or three times. But regardless, that aside, I thought this was a really good little match, very crisp, a lot of good teamwork, and like one team would do a team uh, would do a double team move, and the other team would do a double team to avoid it. Like uh, Santos Escobar launched Rey Mysterio into his like frontward slide that mm -hmm. he does a sliding splash to the outside, and Damian Priest pulled Finn Balor out of the way. I thought that was a really nice little spot. There was that one weird spot with with the like the blind tag that no one saw. And yeah, then, I like, didn't know that it was a tag. Yeah, it looked like he just got in the ring because that was the finish. The finish ends up being Finn Balor gets set up for the six one nine, and Damian Priest gets in the ring and supposedly does a blind tag to get in the ring. I didn't see that, and it doesn't seem like a lot of people did either. But he gets in the ring. He gets sent to the outside. Finn Balor gets hit with the six one nine. And then Rey Mysterio tags in Santos Escobar. Santos Escobar hits a splash. And then uh, Damien Priest throws Rey Mysterio into the post. Santos goes for the pin. He can't get the pin because if Finn Balor is apparently not the legal man. Damien Priest gets in the ring, hits the south of heaven. That's the end of the match. So, again, I feel like I've seen that a bunch of times. But regardless, weird finish. Yep. Solid match otherwise. I, I had to look this up because... They've all happened on Raw, and therefore I, I have not seen many of them. But I feel like Rey Mysterio versus Finn Balor is like a really cool match that I would like to see, like yeah. on a pay per view. You know, like I've seen a lot of these combinations of guys. Mm. You know, with the LWO and and the the Judgment Day and everything for quite a while at this point. And I, I did look it up. Turns out, like, Rey Mysterio and Finn Balor wrestled on Raw, like, last week. I was going to say, I think I've, I felt like I'd seen it recently. Yeah, like, I I, you know. I wasn't aware of that, because I was like, is this the first time they've ever wrestled one-on- Well, it wasn't even one-on-one, -on -one, but is this the first time they've gotten, yeah. gotten in the ring together? Of course not. They wrestled at Clash at the Castle last year in a tag match, but... I mean, it does kind of feel like this storyline's sort of in a holding pattern as oh, well. Oh, it sure does. Right, because 
I mean, obviously, we know what we're going to. We're going to the tag match at, at Backlash. The yeah, purpose of which the, is the Bad Bunny match is, is to have Bad Bunny in a featured match. So we'll get that out of the way. Presumably, Bad Bunny's team wins and whatever. Then maybe we can get into the meat of where we're going with Dominic and Ray, which still isn't presumably remotely resolved. Yeah. Um, and then you know what happened with Dominic and and um, Judgment Day. Then we can get into different permutations of oh, is Ray going to feud with Balor? But until you settle the Ray Dom stuff, which you can't do until at least Night of Champions, because you've got you've already worked out what you're doing with that for Backlash, then I kind of think we're we're sort of not going anywhere with that. Well, yeah. See, I completely agree. And to me, this storyline was kind of in a holding pattern for a long time going into WrestleMania. Yeah. Because the only things that we saw were Judgment Day beating the LWO like a dusty rug at spring cleaning, mm-hmm. and. That that was what we were getting on TV. And then we would get the good bits of Dominic antagonizing Ray for months and months and months. But I know a lot of people were ready to tune out of that because it took so long. Now, yeah. I think that they, it did end up, you know, paying off very well. They had a good match at WrestleMania. They had a good angle to finally let Ray turn on, on Dominic and finally have that switch turned and, and have the, the flip. I think that was all done very well. Yep. But I'm not going to say that they didn't take their sweet time getting there. And when you take that much time getting to the thing mm-hmm. to then drag it out after the point, people's patience have already been tested with it. Yeah. So you need to freshen up the matches in between if you're going to k- just keep this going. And I don't feel like they've done that. I mean, all the, the, all the speculation is that it's going to end up with a Ray giving up his mask to Dominic or something, right? Sure. That, that's been, and, but presumably, if they were going to do something that serious, I mean, this, we're talking SummerSlam or or a major show. Right. So that, that's my question is yeah. when does that then happen? Yeah. Right. That, because it's like a long time. Yeah. Yeah. In my mind, I don't know if they would wait this long, but in my mind, they would have their match at WrestleMania m- a month ago. Yeah. And then they would like go their separate ways, do something else, go to separate brands in the brand split draft, whatever, either judgment day all moves to SmackDown and Ray then goes to raw or Ray stays on SmackDown. Judgment day goes to raw and actually stays there, but Rhea's the champion. So I would think they would go to SmackDown, whatever mm-hmm. you keep them apart. You have them do different things for a good long while. Yeah. And then they can find their way back to each other. You know, yeah, like that makes at, sense. at some point, like, cause this feels like one of those destined to do it forever type things right now where Dominic at any chance he gets, will just, like, you know, take out his father backstage if he sees him. It's on site, whether that be, like, he attacks him at SummerSlam ahead of Ray's match with someone else, and then Ray has to fight from behind. Or they do that at Survivor Series or Royal Rumble or something like that. I think there's a lot more money in kind of, like, letting something simmer for a little bit when you've just now built to it for so long rather than just keeping it going and going and going. It doesn't give people the chance to get tired of it in that case because... I'm looking at, because I completely agree. I think they're building the mask versus hair with the Mysterios. I don't know when you do that. I don't know if you do that at SummerSlam. It's entirely possible, I suppose. But I don't think you do that, like, at WrestleMania next year. Yeah. I mean, that that's the ideal time. It's just that you've got to find out a way to get there, right? Right. You've got to... But I don't want them to just do this for a year. No, I, I haven't there. thought about the draft. I think you might be right. Maybe that's the way you do it. Yeah. Because, I mean, you can't keep this going to WrestleMania 40... No. With them both on the same brand no. all the time. Because, I mean, what's the... I mean, where can you go? With I have no you, idea. You just can't. So, yeah, you either pay it off earlier, uh, and even SummerSlam, I think, is a long time, or mm-hmm. you or, yeah, or you split them up and yeah. have them do something else. <laughs> It'll be nice to see if they stay on the shows they're supposed to stay on. It's Rey Mysterio, like, quit. Because he's like, I want to be away from my son. And then he went yeah. to SmackDown, and then Dominic just followed him there. So we'll see if the draft actually sticks to it. But a good match on this show, nonetheless. We uh, then had Zelina Vega backstage talking with Adam Pierce, one of the few backstage segments on this show, where she said that she wants to face Rhea Ripley at Backlash in Puerto Rico. She basically just said, like, listen, who else is going to do it? I'll do it. And that- yeah, because that's how title contendership works. Listen, she's not won a singles match since December of 2021. Yeah. So... Yeah, like I mean, they got to do some sort of thing to justify this. I'm from London, and I've never had an AEW World Title shot. And AEW's come into Wembley Stadium, so that's going to be my logic when I pitch to Tony Khan. 
Listen, uh, should probably main event. You start promoting but, it now. Yeah. In right. a few months, I'm I'm sure the groundswell of fan support here in the UK will be behind you enough that it'll be undeniable. Yeah. We can start a hashtag. Yeah. yeah. Start a movement. Yeah. But by the end of the show, that match was, of course, official, as was another match that was seemingly bizarre. Yes. Seth Rollins and Amos. Yeah. Their feud that doesn't so, exist. Just random. Very random. But that's a that's a problem for Raw. Not not for us. Because we then, of course, had Braun Strowman and Ricochet taking on Viking Raiders. This match was, was very interesting. It was juicy. Oh, it was juicy. Braun Strowman sure is jacked, especially when he's throwing his own tag team partner into the ring. So this was interesting. And this is the number one thing that I've seen people talking about on the Twitter machine today. Because right at the start of the match, Braun Strowman is, is fighting the Vikings and he's doing power spots. He's doing a shoulder block. And then Ivar will hit the ropes and do a shoulder block. And then Braun will hit the ropes and do a shoulder block and knock him down. Stuff like that. And then Braun goes and tags in Ricochet. And I know what they were trying to do here. He was going to throw him into the ring and, like, you know, topple the Viking Raiders. <laughs> Basically throw him into a crossbody or something like that. But that's not what happened. What happened was Ivar was kind of, like, stumbling around the ring selling. And he was, like, a step backwards from where Ricochet was going to land. And Braun just tags him. And then just yeets him into the ring, and he just takes a back bump right in the center of the ring. And everyone goes, wow, Braun's a little overzealous. And he goes over and he slaps Ivar, and then, like, goes, bonks his head on the turnbuckle, and then just lies down on the apron. Yeah, I mean, he's a monster. <sighs> he is a monster. It's, it's very innovative tag team offense. It's those flippy floppers that are yeah. the problem. Yeah, I mean... And these are the guys who are apparently the new going to be the new number one contenders. Hot dog. Yeah. I I laughed. I laughed a lot. Because I'll be honest, there wasn't a whole lot else to this match. Like, the, the Vikings didn't get too much. They really only took control when Valhalla got involved on the outside. She distracted Ricochet. Later in the match, she distracted Strowman. Mm -hmm. And the Vikings, like, you know, they didn't do a whole lot. They got hit with the Choo Choo Express thing around the ring. Uh, Ivar got a big splash for a near fall. They're, that I was, mean, they're kind of, sorry, Tempest. They're, they're, in a, they're in a holding pattern as well. Like, yeah. You know, they're another team. It's like Vi the Viking Raiders, like, where are they going? Like, they, they felt like they were the team, like the number two heel team on SmackDown yeah. for a long time. And they could never get a tag title shot because the Usos were the champions. And they couldn't set up that heel versus heel match. But, like, they beat the New Day in that Viking rules match that mm. Pete and I thought was just great. And they just kind of kept beating people for a while. But in that way where it's like, well, why aren't they getting a title shot? And there's no reason to yeah. explain it. I love them. And I think they're great. But they just I, Yeah, I mean, right. I love War Machine. I love yeah. the War Raiders. They're awesome. But it got to the point where... They had that streak for so long of beating people where it's like, oh, I guess we got to just beat them then because yeah. they're not going to do that. And if they're not going to do that, they need to lose. And then they lost to Drew and Sheamus and now it's Drew like, and Sheamus again. Now these guys. So their stock is just, like, just falling. Yeah, they're just like on the roster now. Yeah. Like, what, do you, so what do you think about Braun and Ricochet now? I mean, do you think – because obviously they are – it looks like they are being pushed to the top of the tag team. Division. It looks that, like it. I mean, I mean do, you, are you, do you think they're – they work as a team. I'm kind of, I'm kind of ho hum about it. Yeah, it I'm does kind of seem still. like still just two guys. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, it just feels like like you're saying with some of the spots in this. It just feels like what they're trying to do is oh, they're so different. It makes for a wacky kind of odd couple, but it's not. I'm not quite sure if it's clicked. Yeah, hundred percent. Like it could. Like, I mean, God knows, Ricochet is one of the most innovative performers in the business. So I mean, there's there's plenty he could. I don't know. I'm just not quite. Can't put my finger on it. I'm just not quite there with that. Yeah. With that team yet. Like, There's so much about it. Like I think they are just like missing something. Yeah. You know, they've never really had a storyline to explain why they were a team. They were just both kind of the adversaries of Walter at the same time. Yeah. And then just kind of were next to each other enough that they started teaming. And that's fine, I suppose. But we've gotten nothing since then. No. You know, like they were just another team on the roster and then they went into WrestleMania and they didn't, they didn't win at WrestleMania nor should they have. I think the street profits should have won that match and they did, 
but like they're just kind of floating. They're just kind of mm -hmm. hanging out. There's not a whole lot to them to give them that extra spark. Yep. You know, and there are some really good teams on the roster that have that spark, in my opinion. So they just kind of stick out by comparison a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, I mean, yeah, it's the sort of thing where it's like, oh, if you were keeping, let's not, I don't want to rile you up again, but you know, if you were keeping the belts on, on, uh, on Kevin and Sammy, mm -hmm. then you could put the Viking Raiders in there. They could yeah. have won that. That's exciting. It's I fresh. I thought that would be awesome. It's new. And it, it sort of feels like we may, may be doing the opposite of that, which is going to yeah. be Usos against Braun and Ricochet, which, uh, like, as, again, love the Usos, love Ricochet. Braun's Braun. <laughs> like, but it's just not quite as exciting a. No. A and that was the thing, like, and again, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because there's entirely a world in which Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens retain the titles and they keep the titles and yep. they don't take the belts off of them for Saudi Arabia purposes. And even if they do, they might win them back and you still have opportunities for good matches. I'm looking ahead to like the rest of the year and stuff and all the big tag matches that they could have on big shows. And I'm looking at it and I think Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens against the, the Viking Raiders would be awesome. Mm. Like War Machine against Steen and Generico, that's a that's a Ring of Honor special yeah. right there. Like that's that's incredible. I don't know what the the injury status of both of these guys is going to be, but like my dream tag match coming out of all this is still going to be DIY against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. You know, yeah, and I would like to think that we could possibly get to that point at some. I'm nodding slowly, not because I disagree, but because I'm skeptical about the likelihood. But, yeah, yeah, I'm. I also yeah. am at this point. Champa get well soon, but just like there's a lot of interesting combinations of teams that are fresh because Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens have just won the tag titles, and the Usos have been tag team champions for a long time, and I would just like to see the fresh matchups. You know, mm -hmm. I don't want us to go back to kind of the like the Usos as tag champions feel stale. I mean, yeah, I, they could freshen up the story, but like, yeah, I mean, the story the, doesn't feel fresh right now. You know, I know, I know, we're kind of going back to our what we were talking about earlier, but I do think there is reason to be optimistic, regardless of Saudi Arabia, and I do think it's a strong possibility that the Usos are getting the titles back for that. But in the long term, I don't think we're going to have a, a, another lengthy Usos title reign for the rest of the year mm. or anything like that, because there is a, there's a borderline storyline which is taking rightly taking priority and there's going to be developments there and things are going to get split up and i i don't see us going back into just another usos era of tag team champions i just think we've got to get through the end of may i think there's every possibility that that's what we get i think you're still very upset tempest about I after wrestlemania i think you're maybe overly pessimistic well that's me that's look at what I'm wearing, Dave. <laughs> Pessimism is in my blood. Oh, crikey. After that match, of course, we got Shinsuke Nakamura in a very well made backstage video package thingy. Uh, just being like, here's the king of strong style and showing him training and stuff. It was very well done. Very well made. And then Karrion Cross uh, was like, oh, I do what the cards tell me to do. And Which is a great excuse for life in general. Yeah. It wasn't me. The, the cards. cards. Yep. The heart of the cards. Yeah, I mean. I'm he, gonna start he's, doing that. If I leave my my lunch, like my litter around the office or anything from now on, and anyone like goes, Well, why is there like a packet of crisps here? I'm gonna be like, wasn't me, mate. Card said cards. Yeah. It was the cards. But yeah, he's gonna fight Shinsuke Nakamura at some point because the cards told him to, I suppose. He said he's gonna take Shinsuke's honor, whatever that means. Probably means it's gonna beat him in a wrestling match. Hmm. Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez then defended their women's tag team championships against, uh, what's her face, Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green. This was fine. Yeah. This was fine. I'm not, I'm not really there with Liv and Raquel as a, <laughs> as a team. It's, this, it's the mean, women's tag titles. I mean, I'm not there with any of it. Right. I mean, you know. I quite like the, the, the Chelsea Green Gimmick. Like, They're a fine that's quite, that's comedy fun. duo. Right, yeah. I don't take them seriously as contenders. No. You know? No, I don't think. And that's, I mean, that hurts the match. As yeah. Because well. obviously it was their first title defense, new champions. Yeah. No one really thought, I don't think, going in that the, there was going to be a title change here. So that kind of does dampen your excitement slightly. But yeah, but again, nothing wrong with it, particularly. Speaking of dampen, 
when you got to the end of this match, yes. Morgan threw a drink on Chelsea Green. What a segue, Tempest. That Thank was you. incredible. Thank you. Yeah. And then she throws the drink on her, and then she does like the sunset flip roll up. And Raquel puts her foot on Liv's back to give her the leverage to cheat to win. Yep. That ain't right. That's the that's how the Usos cheated to win all of their matches. Well, shrewd. Made them the longest reigning champions ever, so obviously they've done their homework. It was effective, but yeah. I mean, so much for baby faces. Because, I mean, yeah, Sonya and Chelsea got screwed. Yeah, they did. That's really all I took away from this match was that Liv Morgan and Raquel are bad baby faces. They kind of riled Liv Morgan up at the start of the match. She was trying to be crazy and get at him. And it was fine. Like, again, the match was fine. They did their sequence where, like, everybody hits a big move one after another, and it was fine enough, solid stuff. And then there was a wacky baby faces cheating to win finish. Yeah. You know? Yeah, again, you just sort of feel like they don't really know what they're doing with either, like what, what the direction is there with either of those two teams. No. Like, I don't, yeah, this, the, the creative, like what's the, other than backstage comedy stuff with, with, with you know, Chelsea Green and stuff, like what's the, yeah, what, what else? Um, what's the plan for the, for the women's tag titles? Is there I, a plan? I think a lot of the plan for all of this has been thrown out the window because of the injury to Ronda Rousey mm-hmm. and potentially Shayna Baszler. I don't know what her status is at the moment. But it really did feel like they were kind of building that duo up for a run as tag champs. And at the very least, they look like a team. They wrestle like a team. They've got history. There's there's some star power there. There's some star power. I'm not going to pretend to be like the biggest Ronda Rousey fan, but I am a big Shayna Baszler fan. Hmm. That at least would have been maybe something. But it built to that, and then they won at WrestleMania, but because they're they're hurt, yeah. they can't go anywhere with it. So maybe when they eventually come back, maybe they win the tag titles in Saudi Arabia or wherever it happens. But, yeah, it just is. It, because, is you know, whatever. the tag titles have to be defended at Night of Champions. Sure. Of course. Why not? I'm telling yeah. you. I'm telling you. Yeah. But, okay. We, we, I've been a little down on this show. But, thankfully, we have something good to talk about. Because Walter was on this show defending the Intercontinental Championship against Xavier Woods. Now, I cannot tell you how many singles matches uh, Xavier Woods has had uh, as part of WWE. I don't think, I mean, he's been there for a decade. Mm. I imagine the number is quite large, but if you do it by average. High profile matches. Right. It's like his match last year against Roman Reigns, which he won. WWE doesn't like to acknowledge. There aren't very many examples of him getting high-profile singles matches for championships and everything. But, man, like, Xavier Woods is a... He's great. He's great. Stellar pro wrestler. Was in there against who I think is the best worker on the WWE roster. And they had the best match of the show. Oh, comfortably. And I think, yeah, I think it shows you that he's actually probably one of the most sympathetic naturally sympathetic baby faces mm-hmm. in the company it's xavier woods i i would I, I was reading this morning i can't remember what what website someone saying it would be a good idea to put the u.s title on him because mm-hmm. you could have the sure. you know, put him in the draft give the, give that title a new direction because you know with theory it's arguably gone a little bit stale it's been but, stuck in the theory bobby lashley vortex for like a yeah. year and if, if you want to give Xavier Woods a singles run, which I think on last night's evidence, you do want to mm-hmm. give him a singles run. I certainly would. Then give him the title. Like, give him a title. Give him one of the secondary titles. Let him run with it because he's incredibly popular. Like Everyone loves him. Really yeah. charismatic. And as he showed against against Gunter last night, can have like can steal the show each week. Yeah. I mean, he's like, obviously he's the one of the New Day who hasn't really gotten a chance to have that singles run because, I mean, Big E was WWE champion. Kofi was WWE champion. Uh, Xavier's never gotten that chance to really spread his wings in WWE on that same singles level. And he's absolutely more than qualified. He absolutely could rise to the occasion. I think him being in New Day for almost a decade at this point has been a real catalyst for his popularity, of course, because like everybody always, loves yeah, but the New up, Day. Up, down, down as well. Like, up, that, up, down, right? down. Yeah. He's a very likable guy. Like. Yeah. I remember watching, um, oh gosh, what was it called? There was like an NXT behind the scenes documentary from ESPN. And it was like 
not the NXT that really blew up and was super popular, but it was like the Adam Rose era of, mm-hmm. Ad- of NXT. And they profiled Corey Graves when he learned he had to stop wrestling. Uh, Adam Rose, as he was debuting the Adam Rose gimmick, and Xavier Woods. Mm-hmm. And him just talking about like his interests and and talking with the interviewer and how excited he was and how charismatic and like everything about this guy is so likable. He's a fantastic performer. He can play a heel exceptionally well, but I really do think there is money in him as a singles guy. And it's been difficult to justify making him a singles guy because New Day is so popular. But if both other members of the New Day are going to be out hurt, and I don't know how much longer Kofi's going to be hurt for, but if you've got a little period of time here where you can just make an experiment out of Xavier Woods, I see no reason why you couldn't make him a U.S. champion. Yeah, yeah, why not? They're not doing anything with the U.S. title now anyway. Now, we both agree this is a good idea, mm-hmm. but the second question is, is it likely? Probably be- not. Because, and I, and I wonder whether that is another one of these times where it depends, well, who is really in charge of creative now? Right, because because you can't really see if you're talking about giving Woods one of the secondary titles, Intercontinental, maybe the US would be the better choice. You can't really see him taking the title off of a theory, of a Gunter, of any of that, if a certain seventy-seven year old is is running things. Well, right? that is very true. You, I mean, yeah, you we'll, can we'll see s- it with Triple H. I think. Yeah, like, we'll we'll see how it all goes with uh, with backlash coming because there's a three way for the U.S. title. I would like to think that the U.S. title gets away from Theory and Lashley, and maybe it doesn't. Maybe who knows. Maybe we get Bronson Xavier. Reed with the title would be great as well. Yeah, that would, that would work. That's um, who yeah. I'm hoping for coming yeah. out of that match. But if we don't get that, I see no reason why Xavier Woods can be moved to Raw and then challenge for the title. Then because like this match was just great. Like Xavier Woods got they were really putting over on commentary, and sometimes I like it when they do this. Sometimes I don't. But they were really putting over. It's like oh, this would be a huge upset. This would like who who would have thought that Xavier Woods would take Gunther to the limit like this, you know? And I was just like, all right, this man has been tag team champion like a hundred times, you know. He's he's a very apt, qualified performer. So like, hmm. I don't I don't know. I don't like uh, necessarily when they just say that this very illustriously wonderful resume performer. Beating another guy is a huge upset by any means. And I get that it is Walter. Uh, it's just, I mean, it's a David Goliath. Just the, the I get visual it. of it is. I like, get it, yeah. you know, but like, I don't know. I feel like they weren't saying, oh, this would be a huge upset. Like when Ricochet was challenging Walter, you know? No, maybe. But then Ricochet has more of a resume in singles. So I, it's like. Yeah, I get. Yeah. Like, where, actually, Xavier Woods did a, a like a post-match thing. It's like a, one of those digital exclusives. Yeah. On, it's on YouTube this morning where it's like, where he's like saying, you know, he's all despondent. He said, it's the first time I've been here since 2010 and it's the first time in 13 years I've had a shot at the Intercontinental title. You know, pa- apparently guys like me only get a shot, every, you know, once in a career and I blew it. It's a really good, like, yeah. despondent post-match promo and you hope it's kind of going somewhere. Yeah. You, um, you'd hope. I, what, I do you think, what do you think is happening with Gunter? Like, wh- what's the plan with him and the title? I'll tell you what the plan is. Yeah. The draft happens. Yeah. We get Ilya Dragunov on this show. And Tyler Bate. Yeah. And then Pete Dunne comes back. Yeah. And those are his opponents going through until he breaks that record. So, wh- oh, you think he keep it on until he breaks the record? Absolutely. So like, I have him as my Money in the Bank winner. Interesting. Because I know there's people talking about LA Knight, there's people talking about all these other guys, but I mean, I'm assuming that we're that the the title is staying on Roman uh, certainly up until Monday. forever, Monday in the bank, at least to SummerSlam, probably WrestleMania, right? In which case, you and especially after what happened with Theory and the, the kind of botched cash in and all that kind of stuff, which sort of further devalued the, the briefcase thing. I think you've got to have a winner this year who people actually believe if he cashed in on Roman in the right circumstances would have a chance of winning. I uh, agree. And I don't know if LA Knight's that guy. So so to my mind... I don't know if anyone is that guy right now. Well, I think Walter would be close. Gunter's the closest yeah. you can get of the people who haven't really had a, yeah. a, a shot. So it, it makes sense to me that you would have him win money in the bank, which but then that also to me means he's probably not intercontinental champion by that point. So I'm 
if I had to pick a sort of a surprise title change anytime I was in the tag titles, like then I would say you might it might happen sooner than you think with Gunter, mm. certainly before July 1st. Right? It'll be interesting. I don't know, because I'm of two minds of this. I think if you want to have uh, a huge, incredible five-plus star match in somewhere that's going to appreciate it with a title change and the whole deal, I think you take the title off of him at Money in the Bank against either Pete Dunne or Tyler Bate. Yeah. Like the English boy winning the Intercontinental title off Gunther in London. Not Drew. No. Well, Drew's, who knows what's going to happen with Drew. Well, yeah. You know, but I, like, I've been pitching Pete Dunne to beat Walter ever since Clash of the Castle. I think that's, I think that's the match personally. But again, I still think that's, you know, everything now has to be thought of in the context of, well, who's running creative? Sure. But if if I'm running creative, that's what I do. Because my other mind of all of this is you're never going to get a better chance to break Honky Tonk Man's record and set like a truly defining undisputed greatest intercontinental champion of all time. How, how long has he got to go now? It's still a while. It's until like, like would it, where August would it, or September. Or okay, something. so it would be like past SummerSlam. I think so. Yeah. Well, yeah, because SummerSlam is the start of August this year. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I could be way off the mark with money in the bank, but like if you're going to put the briefcase on him, I'm not sure it makes sense for him to also have the intercontinental by then. So we'll, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, the Miz won, the, uh, won money in the bank when he was US champion. So yeah, it's I'm not, not saying it's, un- I'm not saying it's unprecedented. It. I'm saying I think it's a waste of the intercontinental because you've got then you've got two, you know, two gimmicks, two, two gimmicks on one guy, which you don't need. So I, I don't know whether that makes sense, but we will see. Though, but this match uh, was very, very good. Needless to say, at this point, uh, you got a lot of cool moments here. Xavier Woods hit a crucifix bomb. He hit like a rolling face buster. The Penta does with uh, Ray Phoenix. He did uh, big old top. Pardon me, top rope leg drop. And just as it looked like maybe he was going to be able to get Walter uh, off his game, Walter just locked in a sleeper hold and put him put him out. And not even just like put him out, but like Woods was struggling and he was like, he got back to his feet and he was about to fight out of it. And then Walter just like ragdolled him and then put him on the ground and put him out. It was an awesome, awesome finish. He is a perfect wrestler. I will scream it from the rooftops. I will go to the top of Mount Everest and plant a flag in the top of the mountain that just says Walter is a perfect wrestler. I love this. That's a lot of effort. Listen, he's worth it. Okay. He's worth it. He's that perfect. He is an exceptional once in a lifetime style wrestler. There's no one better at being Walter than Walter. I love this man. He is. Yeah. He's, there is something there's something special about him 100% and it's like yeah I'd, and by the way with my old school sensitivities someone winning with a sleeper is kind of cool yeah like I quite liked it yeah like, uh, I don't know like I could gush about this man forever because in my opinion he is the greatest intercontinental champion of all time if you liked you like him this much would he be now I know you would have done it at Mania but whatever but we are where we are would you have been to take the title off off Reigns? I mean, yeah. If I if I'm booking things, well, ahead see, of Cody ahead of Solo ahead of Jay. At Sammy, this point, right. it, like if I'm taking over creative now, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like I gotta appease the Jey Uso crowd. I don't know if Jey Uso is ever gonna beat Roman Reigns for the title. I feel like that's kind of a pipe dream that people people mm. are telling themselves to make sense of Cody not winning at WrestleMania personally. But if I was booking a month ago, I would have just had Cody win at WrestleMania. I know, I know you, know? you would have. I know. And I would have had Cody and Walter at SummerSlam be the next big title match, you know? Yeah. And maybe then I would have had Walter beat Cody. I don't, I don't know. But Walter is a main event guy. He's the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. I don't care what Twitter says. Twitter is wrong. All right. I think I got it all out of my system. Okay. You feeling good? Yeah, I feel yeah. good. Right. You know, I feel good. Watch a Walter match. You feel better about things. It's amazing how that works. Wait, you're going to watch the Maple Leafs. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, last game was really good. Yeah, but you weren't wearing that. It's true. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Twitter may know my fury. <laughs> Later on tonight. But 
that does bring us back to the Solo Sokoa Riddle main event match and the promo from the Usos that we have already spoken about. So that effectively does wrap up our review of this week's SmackDown. Let me check real quick to see if we've got any shout outs from our lovely pledge hammers. Uh, Where is it? There it is. That's not it. It's here. We do indeed. Ooh. So, Dave, you're going to have to try your hand at this as well. We okay. don't have music because this is pre-recorded. So, make sure, of course, that you go over to patreon.com forward slash talk and subscribe at the $25 and above tier so you get your own custom wrestling nickname read out on a show just like this one. So, a big shout out to Vincent Shaw Loki Garcia. Yeah. And Vito Ventura, Pet Detective. Yeah. Willie Big E Singleton. Yeah. The intriguing infrared near Alfredo Viel, Viel, W E I L. Yeah, yeah. Always shining, Garrett Albright. Yeah. Too lot to handle, Lottie McCulloch. Yeah. Woo. Lethal J Craig. Yeah. Hannah A baby. Hannah A. Oh, is it baby. Hannah A baby. <laughs> El Jefe Elijah, Elijah Fairman. Yeah. The Black Plague, Butch Rosser. Yeah! Keith Bone Daddy uh, Gutak. Yeah! And the redacted one, Jake. Yeah! Woo! Keith Bone Daddy Gutak. Yeah! I said it again because I said Gutak the first time. Thank you very much, of course, to all of our $25 and above pledge, pledge hammers. Blah! I'm struggling. We're almost out of here, Dave. We've almost done it. Make sure, of course, that you sign up to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk right now. There's plenty of excellent exclusive content over there, an extra podcast every single week, whether that be WrestleTalk Extra with Pete and Ollie, or Luke and Ollie, sorry. God damn, I'm falling apart. We've got After Dark, hosted by Pete. You've got uh, uh, the mailbag and something else. Behind the scenes. There's loads of exclusive content. You want to get all of that. Every single week. Every single week, as well as early access to Adam's next fantasy booking, where he he fantasy books the retirement of Brock Lesnar. And then you'll get a future access to the next one. There's so much content. Oh. Content. Hashtag content. Yeah. Watch the uncut version of Survival Series 2. It you know what it's three words good. I would use to describe our Patreon? What's that? Jacked. Tan. Juicy. And juicy. Thank you very much for joining me today, Dave. It's been my pleasure. I appreciate yeah. you very much for joining me on this fine Saturday morning to talk about a little bit of SmackDown. Just promise me something, because yeah. I am concerned. Next Saturday, if things don't go the way you want in the tag title match, just just go easy on yourself. Take some breaths. Get maybe like a paper bag. Just have some like... <sighs> before you do the podcast, because I worry about you. I promise you nothing. Thanks, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.